0: Raising Nimruni's interview with de Shams. <music> Hello and welcome to this Raising Nimruni's interview with Azade Shams, a toy designer living in Italy. Raising Limbraniz is an interview series where we talk to Iranians married to non-Iranians raising half-Iranian children, and the challenges and the joys that comes along with that. As I mentioned in the interview, we did record this interview as a video as well, so if you'd like to check that out, we'll have it on our YouTube and our Instagram pages. So go to chayandconversation.com to find the links to those as well. Enjoy! Hello, everyone, and welcome to our first ever video podcast for Chai Conversation. My name is Leila Shams, and I'm joined today by Azadeh Shams. Same last name, Salam Azadeh.
1: (laughs) Salam. Hi, everyone.
0: We're so happy to have you. So this podcast will be both just on our regular podcast, and we're also putting it on YouTube. So either you're watching us record this or you're listening to it as usual. And so Azadeh, I first came across on Instagram. She has some really wonderful content for people raising half Iranian children. And this program obviously is raising Nimjunis. We've talked to several people so far. All of them have been in the US who have been trying to keep the Persian language going with their children. And so Azadeh is our first person from another country which comes with a few uh, differences that I'm gonna talk about. But uh, she has such good insight into raising children that speak multiple languages. And so I'm really excited to talk to you today, Azadeh.
1: Thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much. I'm so excited too.
0: And we've been trying to talk for a while, but, you know, with the corona going on in the background for a while, Azad was stuck somewhere. And now I'm stuck somewhere. I'm not in Texas right now. I'm in New York. Well, so first, I want to ask you to tell me a little bit about your background. Where were you born and where? what is your language background? I was born
1: in Iran um, till I was 19. So Persian is my mother tongue and every express. Aspects. I'm fluent in reading and writing. And uh, when I was 19 years old, I went to Florence to study um, product design. And I lived in Italy almost 17 years. <laughs> oh, my God. And then, um, yeah, when I finished my study, I went to New York. Uh, I lived there for two years and a half almost. And I worked. And then I came back to Italy and I finished my study in Politecnico di Milano and design engineering. And uh, now I started my own business and uh, that's my background, like educational background. And about the languages, I know, I mean, Persian is the most important and the it's the language which I'm most comfortable with. Uh, I know Italian and English. I understand German, but I can't speak (laughs) how did you learn english this is a side question but it's so good (laughs) english i went like so many people in, in in iran i went to english institutes so okay i learned it like like that and then uh it was i mean i love languages and it was um I studied, I mean, I went to this institute, but then I was interested in in, in English. So I started to watching all the movies in, in original languages, I mean, in English. And then I started even chatting with people. I remember when Yahoo Messenger came, I was looking for you know, some English people to chat with and the same way that I learned Italian, actually, before going to Italy. So, yeah, it's just on hope. When you, when you like some something, you just find a way to... to to learn it, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Well, so this interview series is called Raising Nimrunis, and we're talking to people that are married to people who are not uh, Iranian, and they're trying to raise their kids speaking Persian. So where did you meet your spouse, and where is
1: your spouse from? My uh, spouse is from, actually he has uh, two different nationalities. His mom was from Switzerland, and his dad was from Austria, but they meet in Milan, And they raised the family there. So he was born in in Milan and raised, I mean, he was born and grew up here, but he, uh, they always uh, spoke uh, German at home and he went to German school of Milan. So he's basically bilingual. And um, we met in Milan.
0: And so then you ended up
1: getting married
0: and having two children. Is that right so far? Yeah, so far it's fine. (laughs) And what are the ages of your children and what is their language speaking journey? Okay,
1: Diana is five years and a half, five years and ten months. And Adrian is 21 months. uh, I always spoke Persian with them. I speak Farsi with them, with both of them. And actually, at the beginning, when uh, when I knew that I'm pregnant, the 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 most important thing that we talked about was actually language, because my husband he he is bilingual and we are living in Italy, so he had he could choose which language he can go with them. But I said I'm I'm comfortable with Farsi and I cannot even imagine speaking other language with my children. It's not about, of course, it's about culture and everything, but it was my um, laziness too. You know, I couldn't even <laughs> imagine to speak another language. It's not just say or, or these things. It's, uh, it's the whole me. I mean, I couldn't be myself in other language. Um, so I said, okay, you choose <laughs> whatever you want. I'm going to speak Farsi. And then uh, because we decided to send them to German school of Milan, uh, for many reasons, a very good school. And so he said, uh, he's gonna, she's gonna, learn Italian eventually because we live here anyway. Uh, so he started speaking German with her at the beginning. It was challenging at the beginning because he didn't know anything Farsi and I didn't know anything in German. And what we learned, we both learned a little bit. So now Diana knows very good Farsi and very good German. And I I can't, say, I can't tell you now which one she's more comfortable with because she speaks very good both of them and wow. uh, she doesn't want us to speak any other language i mean even if i speak something in italian or in english to her if we are somewhere or, or for any reason she just and said, "No, it's like Farsi after and the same <laughs> thing with the with his the, with her dad. It will really be the same with Adrian too. I always heard that the second children will know less of the mother tongue, mother language, because the first child will always speak the common language. But in our case, it's still not happening because Diana speaks Farsi with uh, with Adrian when I'm around, ah. and most of the time she speaks German with him when Franco is around. Around. and so many times I, I found them like when they are alone together where, where they are playing in the room uh, he, mm-hmm. she speaks Farsi and he knows Adrian knows more words now in Farsi than rather than German I, I cannot tell, speak about him <laughs> but Jana she, she speaks very good Farsi and she's okay with that till now
0: Okay. Well, so to tell you a little bit about this series, you're maybe the eighth or ninth person that I've talked to. And most of the people I've talked to have not been able to keep their children speaking Farsi, most of them. And I think that there are some differences with people with international backgrounds versus people living just in the United States. So I think that there's a difference, but can you, you talked a lot about the one parent, one language. Is that right? It's an O-P-O-L, which I've been looking up since since becoming familiar with your work. So can you talk a little bit about that and what you think the correct method of of doing this is?
1: You know, language is very, it's not like teaching mathematics. It's much more culture into it and much more of ourselves into it. So we have, everyone should find find their way to, to deal with this. Even with the Opal method, but they said that, okay, everyone speaks their own language. There are some, Mm, challenges that everyone should find find themselves comfortable with, and but I just found that there are some beliefs maybe it's not true. For example, uh, when we are talking about politeness, you know, we say okay if we are all Iranians and uh, we have two American friends, it's. It's to be polite. It's correct to everyone speaks English. Uh, I understand that. It's for uh, avoiding some misunderstanding and so many other things. Yes, that's true. But I think when the child comes in the middle, we have to redefine the politeness. That's this thing that I was talking about and talking about it with, uh, with my husband. Uh, I told him, when your German friend, Austrian friend come, don't worry about me. I mean, I won't, it won't offend me if you speak German. I don't care, I mean, if you speak German with Diana or, or everybody else, because we are creating this, this environment for her, for acquisition, language acquisition, you know, because we don't teach our mother tongue to the children. They just learn it. They have to hear it. They have to interact with it. Uh, and then they will learn. They will eventually learn anyway, and uh, but if they want to speak or not, that's something else. Okay, but they will understand that. So I think uh, so many people they they speak. For example, if you're talking about Iranians in, in U.S., they speak Farsi with the children when they are alone and when they were when they are kids. But if uh, American friends come, they switch because it's polite to do that. Uh-huh. I think mm-hmm. we have to redefine that when it comes to a child. Okay, yes. I would speak, uh, of course, for example, I would speak Italian with my Iranian friends when we are at home. Okay, but if I, when I turn to Diana, I always speak Farsi with her uh-huh. you know, because it's, what kind of you know um, the misunderstanding comes when the pe- when a person doesn't know exactly what you're talking about maybe you're talking behind his back but what can I possibly say to a two-year-old you know it's a political discussion or what it's right you know what we are talking about you know and for giving some message to other mothers or something I just used maybe one or two word like um, if they comes they're they're fighting and say what it's good to share share I say the whole thing in Farsi maybe I say like two word in the middle just to send a message to other people that what I'm talking to her because that's where the most misunderstanding happened you know um, so this is one of the reasons, and the other reason that maybe people uh, say that it's hard to teach their mother tongue is, it's very classic. When we speak, for example, Farsi at home with the kids, and then we send them to daycare, they come back home with English words. That this happens, I think, to hundred percent happens to me too. Diana came back home with Italian words. Doesn't matter. I, I continue to speak Farsi. That's that's very common because she sees other children speaking Italian, so that's very normal. It has to happen; it should happen. And also, the teachers in the school they know that, for example, this ch- this child doesn't know Italian, so they and continue repeating some words to her. For example, very basic words like hungry, uh, water, or me, uh, whatever. They start repeating, repeating, and repeating those words. And That's exactly the same method that we have to do at home, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't believe in correcting. So when she came to me and said, Mio, it means it's mine. Um, the first word was Mio. <laughs> Mio, mm-hmm. <is> mine. <laughs> and so I always enforce it. I know it's yours. I don't know i a No, it's me. Okay, I know. I, she said Italian. I just translate it in my mind in Farsi and I respond to her in Farsi. And she, she will figure it out. Um, it's not just me. I have other four or five friends here in Milan that they use the same method and all their children speak Farsi. We, we, we see each other once a week and they're all, okay, Never they never correct them. They never say, I don't understand what you're saying. They don't say them. well, no, you have to speak Farsi here or none of them. So I think this works because it's not just me.
0: I mean, I've been having a problem with it. I have, So my son is three, or no, he just turned four last week. And he was speaking perfect Farsi. And then, you know, we have the second, my second son is 15 months, so he can't speak mm-hmm. anything yet. But um, he, the same thing, as soon as he started school, like you said, uh, you know, I only speak Farsi with him. And that's been a challenge because it's uncomfortable to be in a room with people and they don't understand what you're saying and you just have I know, to keep persisting. I know. But I think you're right. We have to change this perception.
1: This What I do usually, it's because, for example, in our case, for me, it's important also, Diana, I learn Italian. So when we are with Italian people, I really try to talk as less as possible. I mean, to say like the most, just the... Uh, the most important thing, some, maybe just two or three uh, sentences I t- tell her in two hours, you know? So I just leave her alone to to hear Italian and interact with Italian people. If it is really necessary, I go and I talk to her, to her in Farsi or, or I just talk and call her to say, okay, don't do that or to say this or say that. The other thing that we can do is, for example, if she... Because they are different situations. And uh, this is one of the things that actually I wanted to do with my YouTube channel to create the situation and say what what, what I do on yes, what I that think. that would be great. When we are sitting, moms, dads, and the, the children are playing, everybody speaks Italian in my case, uh, Diana comes, and they are fighting over something or whatever they want something, and she doesn't want to share. For example, toys—the most common thing. She comes. She said, or, or one of the children wants to take one of her toys home. Uh, she comes. <laughs> you can have it, but then you next time you come, you can have it. You, you bring it back, please. So the sentence that she has to say to the uh-huh. Italian kid. I tell her Italian because in that case, I I help her to because I know that she has difficulties in that language too. So I will, in that case, I send a message to other people that what I'm talking, what I'm saying to my children, I don't care at the beginning, I speak Farsi, I don't care. Uh, But the sentence actually that she has to say, okay, you can have it. Okay. This is one of the things that I did and it works for me.
0: Okay, that's nice. Well, so now in my case, so these kids, and especially in the United States, I think that that is a a bigger issue in the United States. Yes, They're going to school, they're speaking this majority language in the world, you know, it's not... It's a majority language in the world, and it's the dominant language. It's the language of power. It's the language of, you know, all these things. So we have a lot of issues here in general. It's just very difficult. So I've gotten to the point, actually, before I was watching your YouTube videos and before I was listening to your advice, I had gotten to the point where I would get so frustrated and I would just say, I don't understand. Just speak to me in
1: Farsi, which you say do not do at all. I don't think it's a good idea. I mean, I won't say don't do it. I mean, but um, I don't think it's a good idea because um, the most important thing is what children is are, are telling us, you know, the mother language or second language, everything is just an added value to their life. If they don't speak it at the, at the end, it doesn't matter. I really think one of the reasons that Diana speaks is because I really didn't that much care that she has to speak that, you know? Okay whatever language she wants to speak, okay, but I speak faster because it's more comfortable for me, you know? So if we push it, I don't know, maybe there are some people, I know some second generation that they said, yeah, our our parents forced us and now we thank them. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a good. But I saw so many children that I'm still in touch with them, my my, my um, students in in U.S. That they don't like it because they say, for example, I don't like when Khalish Shahnaz come because uh, I usually speak English at home. But then Khalish Shahnaz come my mom forced me to speak Farsi, and I don't know some words, and I don't even want to go to sit with them, even if I like her. But if I go there and say something in English, my mom correct me and i don't like it and i leave so wow. and then you listen to the parents and say no these children do not want to come along i mean if we have our iranian parties they don't want to come because we correct them because we force them to be something that it's not comfortable with them okay right uh, i think and and i hear from them actually so that that's that's a thing, but they, you still see some people that say, yeah, "Um, our, far- our parents forced us, and now we're we're okay. We, we thank them now that they forced us." to I don't know.
0: More often, you hear my parents didn't force me, and I'm mad now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hear that a that lot. Too. That too. So I really don't. I don't think I mean, but it depends on the age. Depends yes. on the age, it depends on the personality, it depends. we can set a general rule for everyone, you know. For example, in the United States, you say yes in the United States because you know, if we exclude United States, Australia, and Canada, over 65% of the people of the world are bilingual. Oh, but the United States so just drop down this is statistic because it's just twenty percent of the people in the United States are bilingual, you know, so they drop down the the world statistic to forty three percent. Okay.
0: Amazing. Because, wow. Yeah, okay. I didn't
1: know that. Just for example, look at Iran. Iran, like, I don't know if there is a very statistic, I mean, official statistic, uh, statistic about this, but over 70%, I guess, they are bilingual. They, they are all the Azerbaijan's, all the South Iran, Kurdistan, they are, all have their own language and they know Farsi, of course, because it's a language of TV and the uh, schools. So in Europe, we are used to hearing more languages. And I think uh, that's it because now I'm in Milan. If we drive like half an hour toward north, we arrive in Switzerland. Like two two, two hours south, we arrive in France, and two hours east, we we arrive in Germany. So we are. I'm very to-
0: jealous. I know. I know.
1: <laughs> we are used to hear you know more languages and the opinion, the common opinion, the society opinion of that. It's very important in United States. Usually, if we exclude California and New York, the rest. It's not that much used to immigrant, high-class immigrant, unfortunately. The second language, English is the dominant, the good language, and the second language, the Spanish, or everything else is, you know, the minority. So... They don't look at it as a value to know it, so maybe that's that's the look, you know. But in, in Italy, I mean, in Europe, between Italian, German, and France, or Spanish, you can't say which one is better or which one is dominant, you know. So, but what I'm taking
0: away then when, from what you're saying and what I've taken away from your videos, watching them this past uh, few months, is that. Uh, You can't control what the child does, but you can control what you do. And like you do something out of love because that's the language that you best express your love to your child. And so maybe they'll speak it. And even if they don't, at least they understand it. And so they they can do it at their own will. So you're not
1: forcing the child, you're respecting them. Exactly, because if we don't force them, we respect them. We create better relationship between ours ourselves, between parent and better parent-child relationship. And when this relationship is better, it's easier for them to to catch what it's from our side. You know what I mean? So now, practically at the dinner table,
0: what's going on at your dinner table? (laughs)
1: I'm <laughs> <We're> always <laughs> translating. Oh my God, the dinner table is so... I have some friends, whenever our friends comes, they say, oh, we have a headache. How many languages do we speak? How can we manage that? Oh my God. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the, the, what I said, I speak in Farsi with Diana and mm, they speak German. And if I want to say something, for example, I say, Diana, be papo, be con- say Diana, cosa fattu- oggi? No, no, no. Um, I mean, um, we understand a little bit what we're talking about. For example, Franco understands that I'm asking Diana to tell him something, but he doesn't know what. Okay, so she usually we we switch, we translate, or sometimes we even don't. You know what I think? It was, I was actually t- talking about this to my one of my friends. We underestimate sometimes our partners. Because we speak, for example, I hear so many people say, uh, I speak German, uh, I I speak English in the dinner table because I don't want the father to be excluded. Yes, I've said that. I understand that completely. But I understand if actually the father actually said this, that do not speak Farsi because I want to be included. Because I'm saying as a parent that my children speak a language that I don't understand. And it's just fascinating. I don't understand what they're talking about, but I just look at them. I said, oh my God, look at this just four-year-old. She in just four years old, I'm almost 40 and she's just four-year-old and she knows the language that I don't. I just admire them. Maybe they are fighting, you know, (laughs) but I'm just looking at them and I admire them just. So please do not take this nice feeling from your partners because I think if they, if they really, they love the family and they, they know the value of languages, they will admire this too. So unless they actually tell you that I don't like to speak, I mean, I don't want you to speak Farsi. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I think we have to talk about this. And this is very nice. I mean, why should I really know? I mean, I sometimes I'm so happy that I don't know what they're talking about because I know that if I know I will interfere and that's not a good idea. You know, so they have their own relationship in that exactly. language, and that's okay. I don't think, yeah, it's okay, especially in the car. I remember, for example, the event we were in Austria. Diana asked something about the cross. And we never had a religion discussion with Franco. Uh-huh. I, I think the only religion discussion that we had, he asked me, do you go to mosque on Friday? He said, no, <laughs> do you go to church on Sunday? He said, no. He said, do you want to put the cross on her home? He said, no, do you want to put Allah on our no, that that's it. I mean, we didn't discuss anything else. <laughs> so, okay. And she, I remember she saw the cross with the Jesus on it, and she asked something, Franco, and he starts talking. And in that case, I'm pretty sure if the discussion was in Italian or English, I would have interfered. And probably uh-huh. it wouldn't be good because then she will know that we're not in the same page or I, I, I don't know. So uh-huh. then when we came home, I said, what was she asking about? She said, yeah, he asked about the Christ. And I said this and I said that. I said, OK, the next time she asks from, sorry, for example, the religion, it's better if we answer like this. But um, in that moment, I was happy that I didn't understand because otherwise I would have interfered. So uh-huh. we, have, we can look at this in this way, too. I mean, we, just, we should not know everything that is going on. <laughs> That's nice. I love that.
0: <laughs> I love that perspective. Well, so you've answered this uh, in a lot of ways, but do you think it's important to i mean you're saying for you it's important because it's your mother tongue and it's the language of of the way you express love but is it important to pass your that language on to the next generation in particular farsi let's say
1: it i think it is i think it is every every mother tongue every different languages because um as Arash academy was telling you in in the interview which i really enjoyed that it's the, the emotions that we tell we give to our child it's a, to give them a rich life. You know, if we have the rich emotions, we have a rich life. And um, if I know if she sees, for example, an Iranian movie or Iranian song, she feels something, she has something that maybe her friend doesn't have. And that just gives the value, more value to her life. And I think... That's the most important thing that we can give them, the rich emotions, rich point of views to, 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 to so many other things. People who know, the, it's not just a language. It's not just the words putting together with the grammar. It's the whole culture. It's the whole point of view. And I think the people who know more cultures, they are less racist in any kind, not toward human being, any kind of point of views. I mean, they have... the open views you know if we see the life as a garden languages are like you know the old uh, houses they have so many windows around now every language i think it's one of these windows so if we know more we have more point of view toward this life and if we can we have to do it if we have this opportunity we should give them i guess
0: right that's wonderful well, to to close, I would like to ask you: Can you um, tell me a bit about the products that you create? So you have a lot of different products from your design background, physical products, and yes. you also have some digital downloads on your website. So can you ta- tell me about those a little bit? Sure. Uh,
1: I was uh, I wanted to teach Diana the Persian alphabet before she she learned the Latin alphabet, and I just created some toys for her uh, um, at home. You know the small things, and then I maybe I thought maybe it's um, it can be interesting for other parents and i took them to the next step uh, and now i have uh, four toys produ- produced um and i have it on my website some of them are available on amazon and some of them uh, directed through the website and www.azitoys.com aussie toys or AZ toys, and yeah and they, they can see that there and um Random for example is a very good uh, game uh, we play the, with the dice and here in Milan for example many in a language institute play with them because we can play in so many languages with it and uh, it's interesting and we, I have made some uh, like worksheets uh, yes. with, for Persian alphabet that it, you can download it from my website. Also, they, I called it happy page because when I was going to school in Iran, we had take a shadi. I don't know if uh-huh. you remember that. And so I called it happy page too. And it's the, kind of that version, but it's um, it's the way that I, le- I teach Diana the, the alphabets and... Um, it's available there too. Hopefully, we're talking about Amazon in U.S., so we will be open soon in U.S., so I can send my products in US too, because the, the, the biggest market, Iranians uh, outside of everyone are in the United States, so I hopefully could reach them too.
0: Yeah, definitely. We'll update whenever that happens. And then what about your YouTube? How do we find your YouTube uh, videos? It's uh, uh, Aussie Toys,
1: Aussie de Shams, Aussie Toys.
0: And we'll link to that as well because you have a lot of good Videos on there. I hope you're making more and more. I know they take so much time. <laughs>
1: you I know, with two kids, yes. But now, hopefully, little by little, I'll look good. I I'll, I was more. I, I wasn't active this during this uh, COVID now, but I will right. think, redo all weeks everything
0: wonderful well thank you so much for talking with us it was a really fun conversation i learned a lot i i think i know some 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 things i'm going to do differently now
1: (laughs) thank you so much for inviting me and um i'm so happy to talk to you and i'm so happy to know you
0: (laughs) yeah i'm sure we'll have more conversations as time goes on as our kids grow older and we have more questions
1: (laughs) sure sure thank you so much have a wonderful day thank you you too
0: And hope you enjoyed that conversation with Aza Deschamps. You can find out more about her and more about us on our website at chaiandconversation.com. with chai spelled C-H-A-I. There we have a ton of resources available for learning the Persian language. Whether you want to just learn how to speak conversational Persian or you want to learn to read and write, a ton of free resources available there for you to learn. You can also find us on our Instagram at Chai and conversation and there we'll link to Azade's Instagram as well and you can find us and take advantage of all those resources that we have to offer. Thank you so much for listening and until next time, Ta bad.